Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. We got the whole crew for the first time. Isaac's able to muscle through his, uh, what, what did we go with yesterday? Or le- knee soreness. Knee soreness. He's muscling through it tonight for the post game. The Grizzlies fall 127 to 103 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves setting at 17 and 4, best record in the league right now. Um, I mean, we're we're going to talk about it, but when when you get get out rebounded fifty four to twenty eight, you're you're going to lose those games most of the time. When Rudy Gobert gets nine offensive rebounds, you're going to lose those games most of the time. A sixteen and twenty with six block shots. It's like they were just shooting the ball into his hand instead of into the rim. Um, yeah, I'm. But like I, I'm not down on, on this one. This is the Timberwolves have been playing well. The Grizzlies have not, and even when the Grizzlies are healthy, this is a tough matchup for them. Just the the size, the length, the the physical players that they have. You don't get a break when when Gobert goes off the floor. Typically, Naz Reed comes in, and Naz Reed is a starting caliber center coming off of the bench for this team. Naz Reed could start in a lot of other places in the league. Hell, he'd instantly be the best big man on the on the Grizzlies roster if the Grizzlies landed him. So, you know, th- there are just not a lot of breaks when, you know, defensively. They they use their length that they have very, very well. And they use it pretty well tonight on Bain. Bain only gets off 13 shots. Like not a super inefficient night. He didn't, you know, he didn't blow up. You see him almost drop 50 on an insane, just efficient night. Um, tonight he he just didn't shoot the ball that much. And and maybe you can credit the defense. Maybe it was him being tired from from the 50 point night. Who knows? Um Isaac, you wasn't with us last show. I'll throw it to you first. I know before he came on, you you thought when Ant goes down early in this game, then maybe that opens the window for the Grizzlies. At what point did you realize that that window was not going to be open? Yeah, man, when, when Ant went down, man, I was like, man, maybe they have a chance to, to compete because at that point in the game, early in the game, they were competing pretty well. Uh, they, they were staying within arm's reach. Minnesota would go up 5-6. They kind of get it back down to one, and they were competing. Uh, but I think the game really – 
change in that third quarter. Um, I think when Jerry picked up that third foul, uh, they were kind of trying to hide him on Troy Brown, and he wasn't getting out and guarding the perimeter. Troy Brown got hot, man, got confident, started knocking down threes. Uh, they really struggled with dribble penetration. Mike Conley was getting into the paint, kicking it out to, to wide open shooters, and those guys were game, man, knocking those shots down tonight. Minnesota is not a, a high-volume three-point shooting team, but they were really, really knocking them down tonight. Uh, and they were getting it done at all levels. Um, inside, we talked about the big game for Rudy Gobert tonight, like the Grizzlies. Um, Grizzlies with uh, 28 rebounds in a game, Rudy Gobert with 20 by himself. Like, like you got 27 rebounds between him and Carl Anthony Towns, and that's pretty much matching the Grizzlies right there. Um, and it's also the the offensive rebound uh, discrepancy, minus Grizzlies, minus seven on the offensive boards. And you're just not going to win games like that. You can't give teams extra opportunities, especially the team that has the best record in the NBA right now. Uh, that, that Minnesota team is for real. I know a lot of people still not believing in them. That team is is serious. Uh, you got Rudy Gobert playing the way he's playing. He's kind of having uh, a resurgence, having a little bit more consistency that we've seen from him in his Minnesota days. I mean, he's been playing well. I think Mike Conley was a really underrated addition for that team. I think he really makes that team go, man, veteran at that point guard position and still has some gas left in the tank. Um, it looked like maybe he was kind of slowing down uh, earlier last year, but, man, he can, he still he can still get it done, man. I, I think he's playing really well for them. And like David said, I'm not upset about it. I was hoping going into these two games, if they could steal one of these two games on the home floor, you look at those two Houston games coming up, get one, maybe two of those, and, and get another one. Maybe you get the eight or nine wins. You're really, really cooking with gas at that point uh, before Ja comes back. So they, they dropped the ball tonight. Got another tough one on Monday. But you got to win a home game on the home floor at some point, man. They won one. You just feel like law of averages. At some point, they're going to gonna get another one, man. But didn't happen tonight, man. Didn't the, the Minnesota Timberwolves really put their foot on the gas in the second half and, and, and kind of ran away with this one. Um, not a not a lot of great performances tonight. Uh, but as you talked about, Desmond Bain uh, still had 16 points. Um, not super efficient. Did it four or six from three, but it just wasn't with the norm that you got from him. Like, like you talked about coming out that 49 point game. I kind of had a feeling that he would have not as great a game tonight. Most of the time, when you see guys go large like that, that next game they kind of have a down game. I don't know what it is. Was it fatigue or what it is? But that's usually what you saw. I had a feeling that might happen tonight. Uh, Jared, uh, good game. Him, he lead the team with 21 points. Only had two rebounds and a block, uh, but efficient seven to 14 uh, from the field overall, three or four from three. Uh, perfect from the free throw line in 29 minutes. So good game from Jared tonight. But outside of that, man, not a not a lot of positives to take out of this one, man. Uh, just going up against the best team in the league right now, man. And score 100, 103 points, man. You're not going to get it done in, in today's NBA. That's just not. Got to find a way to get offensive consistency in the Grizzlies. Just could do that tonight. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much echo everything. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm not upset about this loss. I, I really expected it. I just wanted them to look competitive, which they were able to do in the first half, and and, and for some spurts in the fourth quarter, even though the the, the game was kind of out of hand, they were still playing with the competitive spirit that you like to see and trying to make it tough on them. Not just you know they didn't throw in the flag, which is the opposite of what you wanted to see. You know, considering that this was a team that they looked so bad against the last time, and so. And led to that Marcus Smart uh, sort of speech on the bench and kind of paled them. I didn't necessarily think that that they'd make it full circle and win a game against it because they are the best team in the league. And I don't think that Anthony Edwards going down, it's just that simple. I think it's kind of like 
uh, a couple years ago with the Grizzlies, man. If if Ja was down, man, the team was just deep enough and 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 solid enough all around to just make up for that and and to still win games. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at with this Minnesota team right now. They've just got really good depth pieces, and uh, like 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 David said, they are sort of a tough. They are well, not sort of. They are a tough matchup with their length anyway. Um, I don't think that. I just think they just got outplayed you know it's as simple as it comes to they weren't really going to have anybody that could compete with Rudy Gobert on the boards I'm not sure that that's something you would have had to strategically plan for or or you know find ways to get to get additional like rebounding positions and not just saying hey go do it and that uh, Taylor Jenkins was asked about that in the post game did get to catch some of the post game with Taylor Jenkins he was asked about in those situations where you are getting out rebounded, what are you telling your players? What are you doing differently to try to adjust to that? And Taylor Jenkins was pretty much just like, just do it. Um, so if that's the plan, then when you're outmatched personnel-wise and you don't have any real strategy, for example, maybe having Jaron helpless, so I think Bourbon Knight mentioned this in the, in the broadcast, having, having Jaron helpless so that he can be more available to box out and get those rebounds, if you're not going to actually make differences like that in the game, then of course you're not going to see a difference because they've just got the length on you. You know, sometimes it's not as simple as just effort. Sometimes there are tactical things that can go into helping you rebound a little bit better. And since they didn't get that from the coach, um, I'm, I'm not surprised at the outcome. But again, I love the competitive spirit that they had. That's pretty much what I was looking for. Would they still, would they still compete? Um, would they still fight? And I think that's still enough momentum, similar to the Phoenix game. But they ultimately lost that one. This one wasn't as close as the Phoenix game ultimately became. But, you know, you just wanted to see that competitive spirit that I think they can carry in over uh, to other wins. It didn't seem like this is a loss that's going to uh, break their resolve. It didn't seem like that was the case. And I think they'll need that because I think they still can win a game or two here down the next stretch before Jai gets back. But we'll see. You're running down the box score here. You're looking at the starting five for the Grizzlies. There was not a starter above three rebounds. Right. David Roddy had three. Trip had two, like uh, Isaac was talking about earlier. Bismack, the guy that you need to be grabbing boards in your starting lineup, had three. He had some foul trouble, only played 19 minutes. Uh, two from Bain, one from Rose. Aldama had 10 coming off of the bench, picking up extra minutes with a foul trouble between, uh, well, not even really extra. I think he's averaging probably right around that. But guy with length can match up better with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. With your, with your bigs, you got to get more than that. Like Aldama did yeah. 10. Yeah, X only had two. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. You, 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 look at, you look but at uh, Trip. And Bismack and X and combined, those guys had eight rebounds. Yeah, that's Kyle, that's Kyle Anderson had six and Az Reed had nine. You know, like yeah. you, you just can't it's just not acceptable. Like we, we saw stuff a little bit better off, like a, a better offensive showing from David Roddy tonight. Mm-hmm. But if you're in that starting lineup. You you got it like you need him to rebound. You need him to play defense and rebound the basketball, knock down threes when he gets that open look. But I don't know. Like I, I've just not seen enough from him this year to really 
have faith that he's going to do that. And, and maybe I've got the wrong outlook on that. Maybe they're not looking for him to rebound, but if you're not getting it from him, what value is he putting on the floor for you? Like what's he bringing to the team? And that's, you know, maybe you guys can align me on that. Candace, if, if they're not looking for Roddy to go out there and get rebounds, what, what can he bring? What does he bring to the starting lineup? What are they looking for from him? I think a variety of things inconsistently, which is why I said at the day at the game after they started Roddy, who were I, for myself, I would have went back to just replace Roddy with Santi Aldama. Um, though understanding Aldama has a role on the bench because you know Roddy is inconsistent, but I was the one who who, who really, especially in this matchup in particular, I think it would have been better to just you know I think Santi was the guy who who had size. You kind of want to play big against a team that's got this much length on you um not that Roddy didn't do well in this game but I think he can do a variety of things on an inconsistent basis like any other role player yeah I think I think even outside of the night I think with the way the team is set up right now and the personnel they have I think I would be starting I'll dumb it there anyway I know you talk about that role off the bench and need that scoring off the bench but I mean you're just limited anyway I think if you can start the game off well, you just try to try to do that and go from there. But I think especially tonight, as Candace said, with you going up against a big team like Minnesota, I think it would have been better to just start here. With Roddy, he's just so so inconsistent. Um, I think they look for a variety of things, a little bit of scoring, like you said, a little bit of defense, use his strength, um, get some rebounds. But he just – one night he'll have a big game, and the next night he'll have a completely different player. Uh, sometimes he's, he's – efficient sometimes he's wildly inefficient you just don't know what you're going to get from him and he just shouldn't be starting like i i understand the team down a lot of a lot of guys out but i don't know i don't know i just don't i'm i just don't see it from him i, I know a lot of people do i mean he had 13 points tonight and i mean if you keep on forcing a guy <laughs> i mean i guess he's out there he gets enough minutes man i guess he's gonna score at some point but i, I just I, I think i would have went with our dumb tonight i mean you saw what he did on the bench uh, nine points and 10 rebounds, six assists, a block outside of trip. He probably was the second best player on the team tonight. Uh, so he came in and did his job, but I, I think they could have could have started out with him. Uh, and maybe he could have had even bigger numbers if he was in that starting lineup. He had a very yeah, Kyle yeah. Anderson type stat line. Yeah, man. He, 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 he put some numbers see. up tonight. Yeah. Hey, not- and I just I just want to clarify, people have been frustrated with Santi's inconsistency lately. So I want to clarify that it's not that Santi isn't inconsistent at times because he can be yeah, his floor is just higher his yeah. floor is his floor is higher than David Roddy's and I think even when he isn't getting you offensive points and disappointing that way he's a very good facilitator with six assists tonight I think he can just help you in other ways he's been he's actually been doing a really good job of rebounding I think this year for the most part so they are both inconsistent players but I but to clarify I think that Santi's floor is higher just to really quick in interject that because I know it's been a topic of conversation. Yeah, because I was going to say, I'm talking about Sunday being inefficient, but I trust him more than I trust David Roddy. If you give me Sunday with an open three and David Roddy with an open three, I'm taking Sunday all, always. Right. Uh, so I, I just think it's he's a safer player and he has more leap. Because David Roddy, he's short. I mean, he should be able to use that size as more than their strength more than he does. He doesn't use it a lot. Like, I think he there are times where I think he can take advantage of that, and he just doesn't. 
sometimes. Sometimes he does. And like you said, he's just inconsistent all the way around with pretty much everything. Not that something isn't. I think I, I trust something more, though. Where, where he's going to give you something. His, his floor is a lot higher than David Robinson. So inconsistency is typically something that you see from youth. Uh, Bismack Biombo is not a guy <laughs> that that is young, and and we've seen some inconsistencies from him. <laughs> you know, is this a reoccurring thing because of the Grizzlies? Is this just something that's in the water in Memphis? Like, do you have any concerns? about Bismack. I mean, I, I know the ebbs and flows of an NBA season. You're going to see some some guys have monster games and then kind of fall back, a la Desmond Bain, you know, 49 points in the last game, 16 in this game. But we, we've had a stretch here where there have been, what, probably four games? He's been almost invisible. Like he's had a couple good rebounding like games in that stretch, but, but does that bring any concern to, to you, Candace? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's something I tweeted out before, but you know, I understand that the, that the, that the team's options are limited, but I, I guess my concern more is that I think it actually can get worse. Um, <laughs> That's actually my concern is that I think, uh, you might get to the point in the season where he's not playable on the floor just because you're asking so much more of him. It's not kind of like a John contract situation where you're asking so much more of him than what he can consistently give you. And you're asking for it over a longer stretch of time. I think in short burst, he can absolutely be that. And I think we've seen that, but I think it's also short burst only. And as the season progresses, you are talking about an older player. I think he kind of, it had some advantages to not really to you know sitting at home for a while and and not really uh and yeah basically had fresh legs when he first came in and as the season trags on right now he is playable but not playing well uh, my fear is that they you know make them you know well not that I'm just scared that they're if they're gonna cut David Roddy or somebody I mean not David Roddy but Jake Ravy or somebody not that I'm just fearful of that situation but I think that and they make the room for him on this roster, I worry that we look up here 30, 40 games from now, and he really is unplayable. And, you know, th- then what do you do? Because uh, we already know X is the answer, and X, as Wally ended up having a good second half, he, str- he struggled in his minutes as well. Yeah, I don't know. It is a concern, but and I do understand that they don't have a lot of options either. Yeah, I think I think what you're seeing with Biombo right now, I think it's just the reality. I think he was playing above his head when, when he yep. first came in. You're not going to get that consistently. Like that was amazing. Like the guy coming off the couch doing what he was doing in those first several games here. Like that was off the charts. Like I, I figured he could help just because the situation was so bad. But I think it's the same thing you kind of see with X. Like when X was starting to begin to see, everybody was like, "Oh, oh my God, man, we don't." We, we're not even missing Stephen Adams. X is doing this, and he came back down to earth. And that's the same thing you're seeing with Biombo. He's not a starting center consistently in the NBA right now, and that's just what you're seeing. I think there are going to be games where he has good games again at some point, but you're not going to get starting quality play out of him night in and night out because he's not a starting quality center. He's a backup level center, and he's just not going to continue to put up those kind of numbers. I think it's just – Come to reality, I think teams are probably scouted 
how he fits with the team also, and they made adjustments to that. Um, and I think that's just what it's going to be. He's not going to – you're not going to get what he was given those first six or seven games night in and night out um, from, from him because he's just not that player. Um, he has spurts where he can do that, but you're not going to get it. So, and me and Candice were talking about this right before we jumped on here. She said it's just at a point now where, barring a trade, like, what are your other options? You you need somebody in that spot. And like you said, even though he hasn't been good, you're probably not going to find better than that necessarily off the street if you let him go. So you still need a roster spot regardless. So I, I, I guess I, I think they probably keep him around just out of pure necessity. Um, not that that's necessarily a good thing, but it's just kind of kind of the spot that they're in right now. Yeah, I just worry that it, 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 it can get worse. That That's my big that We look up 30 games from now, and he's not even getting minutes because it, it, it regresses. And that's possible. Um, that's my biggest concern. And I know that typically, you know, trades don't happen around this time. My best-case scenario would be they, they make room for him, and while his trade stock is, you know, reasonably something, I mean, not that he's been playing great, but I think he's shown some value, especially as a backup. Maybe you could do something with that, but I I, I worry yeah. that I worry it's going to go downhill from here. I think it's my bigger concern. If he stays at this play, you know, it, it'll be frustrating, but I won't hate it. It's just my hope that he doesn't get worse. Yeah, I think they need to be on the phone with Chicago. Like I, yep. I, I wanted Andre Drummond from from the beginning, and I I think he can help. He can rebound, take up space. He can pass a little bit. And they're having a fire sale, man. I, he shouldn't shouldn't break the bank to get him. Uh, I, I don't know what they're thinking. They also have the Noel situation. I, I don't know how they're going to handle this uh, because I, I feel like Noel needs to be on this team. That time is running out fast. They only have a few days to make a decision, and I just don't. I mean, you have people on Twitter, man. Just just wave Conchar, just wave Laravia, and it sounds easy, but that's real money that they have to give up. And also, you have a front office. This front office is known not to to want to admit that they really made mistakes. Like, they drafted these guys, they drafted in the first round, and they're not keen on admitting that they messed up. Like, that's not something they like to do. And if they just wave those guys, that shows, like, man, we paid these guys this money and we effed up. And I, I just don't see them doing that. Like, if they could find a two-for-one trade, I think maybe they might do it. But that, that's not really easy to pull off, especially kind of in the time frame that they have. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do, man. But it's, it's going to be weird for them to just – let Noel go after this guy's been your first guy off the bench. He's third in minutes in a lot of games, third in points scored behind Jared and Bain a lot. And you just gonna wave him, especially with the level of wings they have on this team. I I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys have talked about that. I was on the last show, but I, I think he needs to be on this team, man. I love what he does defensively. He fits really well with Vince Williams Jr. I love when those guys are on the court. Um, they, he just makes the right play. He doesn't always knock down shots, or he's not always good offensively, but. I just like his fit um, on this roster. Yeah, Candace is at the point where if if he's not on the roster remain for the remainder of the season, that she's out on climbing. Yeah. And I did I didn't phrase it exactly like that. I said how climbing handles this situation is going to tell me all that I need to know about him. And if you want to be successful. As a GM in this league, you got to swallow your ego, man. Yep. Like yep. you, you are not going to bat a thousand. You're not. Nobody has. Does you look back at, 
you know, constructing the the Bulls, the the Bulls dynasty, the Golden State Warriors dynasty. You look just over the history of the league, teams that have had success at a high level for extended periods, you don't bat a thousand. You make mistakes in places. And he has. He has made mistakes. Now own it. And if you really truly want to play for a championship, make the right move. And we'll see. Like like I said, that this is it's these next two weeks here are going to expose the mindset of this front office and what yep. they want to do. And well, I hope, is- I hope that they surprise me because my expectation is that we're going to get to the end of this 10 day and the Grizzlies roster is just going to be without Noel. And we're going to have yeah, the same guys that have been on this roster for the season. Plus Bismack. Like yeah, that's what, what I think. Uh, if, they, if they don't pull off a trade, I think that's what's going to happen. I can't, I just don't see them waving, you know, guys. The Kuntar contract is just, he's only, there, there's no, no way that, yeah, they're, they're not, not waving contract. Contract. That's, that's They're not, not waving contract. And he I gives mean, you minutes. He gives you, like, not he's not man. my favorite player. If you've listened to the show at all, you know that he's not my favorite, but he gives you serviceable NBA minutes. Correct. Jake LaRavia has done that. Less than a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah, but, but they just have they have too many, they just have too many roster spots. And I said this before the season started, taken up by developmental guys, guys that you can't yes. trust, guys that are not playable at times. They just the roster construction is just off. It just they made mistakes and they haven't fixed them. They had opportunities to kind of fix some of this going to the season and they didn't do it. David has talked about. The, the point guard thing, and, and even though I'm a fan of Derrick Rose, it's a situation where, like David said, you don't know how often you're going to be able to depend on him. He, he, he There have been times he's helped this team. I know a lot of people say he's, he's hurt the team. Uh, Chester was talking about that tonight, and if they didn't have him on this team, even though he's not, he, he, he misses some shots, I think he takes some bad shots at times, kind of forces things. That's the only real point guard they have. Like, if you look at him, he really helps this offense at times, even though when he's not making shots, if you know basketball, you can see that when you, you watch it, but you just don't know how often you're going to have him. Like how, how much are you going to be able to, to depend on him? Will, if they make the playoffs, will you have him as the backup point guard in the playoffs? You just don't know. And that just kind of adds to all the other uncertainty that you have on this roster. It's just, just bad roster construction overall, man. And they have opportunities here to fix it. And this is, a kind of a moment here, a watershed moment, so to speak, to where they have an opportunity to do something here. But I don't have a lot of confidence they're going to do it. Bar them pulling off a two-for-one trade that's a, that's unforeseen right now, I, I just don't see them waving. I know they're not going to wave Contra, but I'd also be shocked even if they wave Arabia. I don't think they're going to do that easy. Yeah, I really don't don't believe in it. But I but like I said, it really, really would oppose the mindset <laughs> of the front office. And I think, you know, if they decide to keep those guys, it's – you know, I, I mentioned this in the last podcast that Zach Kleiman asked a hypothetical question. Did they make a mistake by doubling down on youth? Okay, this will be tripling down on youth. I mean, that's what you're choosing. You're choosing your young developmental guys over vets who you know fit fit this roster and who you know can give you productive minutes and who actually you know can start for you in a pinch when you don't even know what's going on with Derrick Rose uh, health-wise. So it'll be telling. I agree with you guys in the sense of like, 
it'd be against the, the grain, be against the pattern for them to do that. But if they really want to win, if they if they have the mindset of winning seriously, then yeah, they're not they that's what they do. Um because if you're not gonna wave Jake now, you're not gonna wave him. I mean, that's how it works. I mean, <laughs> you're just gonna win on the contract to run out. This is the opportunity for you to not just wave somebody for the sake of waving them, but to wave them to get a replacement that that to be honest, in my opinion, he really shouldn't have just been on the couch. Um, I think he was a valuable contributor who just kind of got I guess forgotten about or what have you but I mean he's proven especially off the off the bench role and you know maybe he does have some bad games offensively but again we've proven his defense is good he makes winning plays even when he's and I think he keeps the ball movement going to the point that he's still not a liability on offense on nights when he's not really making the shots so um big time Big time opportunity for the Grizzlies to right some wrongs, but I agree with you. It doesn't look like they'll do that because of the numbers or what have you. But got to eat ego. I, I agree. If you really want, if you really want to make it, want to be a sustainable winner, like they used to talk about all the time, sustainable winners uh, know when to cut their losses. And he really even is. said, he even said, he even said that they made a mistake by doubling down on you, but they ended up. Yep. The- He's impressive last year. They just kind of went right back to the same thing. They didn't do anything about it. So it's it's just, you know, how many times have we heard him say, oh, well, success is not linear. Right. And here they are with a, a team, you know, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard. You just run down the list of what this depth should be if the injuries didn't happen. Well, then now you look at you. You have Brandon Clark, who has been – he's just been a scratch all year. And now you have these dudes, and you're like, mm, okay, what are you going to do? What 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 are you going to do next season when Clark is healthy, Adams is healthy, which Adams is going to be, you know, a little bit further down the road at this point. But, like, what, what's the move? What, right. I just – Move. As I said, when when you going if you're not gonna get rid of them now, when are you gonna get rid of them? Yeah, you got, they, they, got, they gotta do something. Like you if, if you if you win a championship, nobody gives a shit about your misses. But if you don't, decisions like this are the ones that haunt you. Decisions, yeah, exactly. you know, like and and I say decisions like this. We don't know what he's going to do yet, but just based off of Phil. And what he's done in the past, I'm I will be I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be shocked if Noel is is on this team for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I, th- I, don't think, I think that I don't it's think. the right move. I 100 percent think it's the right move, but I'm going to be shocked if that's the case. And you have Jake still here in South Haven and get DFPCD, and you go wave Jake, Jake Noel and let him go. That's that's what's gonna happen. Like, unfortunately, that's just if you know this front off, it would be completely different if they if they don't. If they go a different direction, that would be surprising because we just haven't seen them do that. But the thing about it is when you say success is not linear, eventually the not linear part is become, gonna become the norm. Like it's not gonna, you're not gonna because it's not like like as David said, if you're not winning championships, then 
success I mean, is also goal? not stepping back. You know, it, yeah, like it's like not, like not stepping back or, or staying stagnant. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you got to move forward at some point. Like if you if you're not if you're not gonna you're not in a position where you're tearing it down to build it back up, you can't you can't stay stagnant either. And that's kind of what they're doing. Like they're kind of just staying stagnant. They're not in there. And you can take a say outside of the injury still that they're taking a step back by continuing to to sit on youth the way they have. So they're, they're question marks uh, for for this franchise going forward. I mean, you're looking at the injuries to Brandon Clark. How does he return? You got Stephen Adams. He's going to be 31. 32 years old, coming back from a knee injury, big man at seven foot. That's always a big time question mark. Uh, so there, there are a lot of question mark, and those guys. That's a, that's another thing. You have those two guys taking up roster spots, man. It's just it's tough uh, for for this team right now, man. Everything that they're going through this season, man. Somebody to put that that Grizzlies voodoo doll away, man, because it's it's been rough. We kind of got off the rails of the game a little bit. Uh, Vince has been getting minutes early. He played 17 minutes tonight. Uh, one for five from the field, one for four from three. He missed a free throw. Uh, but he comes in, he plays well defensively. A lot of the things that we were talking about that Jalen Noel is doing, Vince Williams is doing. And, you know, maybe that's the argument that you get of, oh, we don't need uh, to keep Noel because we have Noel at home. Type thing. No, um, I'll take two of them. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's, yeah, I think one is much more consistent offensively. I think that I really don't think that's a question offensively between yeah. Vince and Jalen, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm devil. At least Bruce is the right, right spot of, of these guys that yes. that they've kind of missed on. He and he's the one they took in the second round, uh, the second round, so he. And I feel confident about Gigi. I think he's going to be a player in the future too. So the, the first round, man, the, you just go back to that draft, and I hate to keep harping on that, but the the Laravia thing is just—I mean, just touch your losses. Like some sometimes you just know. Like a lot of people, like oh, you got to keep giving these guys time. At some point, you know, man. I just maybe he has a miraculous turnaround. Maybe he does like Santi, and he becomes a player. But I just I don't see it, man. I, no. I don't think it's going to happen with him. No, his release is too slow for the NBA game. I mean, a lot of things about his game is just – they're just too slow. With Santi, you, you couldn't see it because it was just so raw. Uh, with, with Jake, you can't see it just because he, he doesn't play at NBA speed. Like, yeah, the isn't there. He's a tweener. He just I – just, I, don't, I just – I don't think it's going to happen, man. And that's no disrespect to him, man. I, I just don't – in the mentality, I, I don't think he has the mentality. Like, like I said, we've talked about that a lot of – Going back to his college days where the coach had to continue to get on him. Even at college, he didn't have that killer instinct. Like when guys come into the NBA from college, you you definitely want them to have that kind of mindset on the college level. If they didn't have it then, you know they're not gonna get they're not gonna be that dog on the NBA level. And that's that's another issue with him. I, I just don't know if he has the 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 confidence and the, the or the work ethic to get better. I just don't I, I don't I don't I don't see it. He's just he's just seems too passive to me. I don't think he's gonna get there, but I don't know. Yeah, it's enough, enough, enough talking about Arabia, man. All right, bright side. Eleven <laughs> days. Twelve is back in eleven days. Can't wait. Ready for it. Um, this, positivity. Uh, this, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, this offense needs a shot in the arm, and I don't think you can get a bigger shot than that. So. 
question. comes back in 11 days. I, I, I like it. I've, I've liked, you know, I've seen a number of different videos of him putting in work. Uh, I'm ready for it. I. So we've been looking at this team because they've been playing better. A lot of that has to do with Jalen Noel. You lose him because we, they bring most the consensus is we don't think that he's going to play. You gain Ja. Now I know Ja is far better, but is Ja playing with the team we saw like, like two weeks ago, the team that was playing such terrible basketball that it didn't even look like basketball, or is Ja coming back? Is it can this team still look like if you if you're subbing out the Jalen Noel minutes with? Now your best guy being Vince Williams Jr. and probably playing Contra more minutes and probably playing Zaire more minutes. Does that look as good as it is it is it as we're hoping that it does based on how they're playing right now? We witnessed the best version of Zaire when he was playing alongside Ja. But will he? You know, they didn't do that a lot last year. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's definitely reasons to question it. But, you know, like that's just just trying to be optimistic in a time when when there have been long stretches when it's been hard to be optimistic. But, you know, right now, um, 12-19 is when Ja is slated to come back. The second 10-day deal for Jalen Noel expires on 12-18. Okay. So some overlap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Don. I think Don comes back. I think he elevates the entire team. Uh, I oh, think yeah. he makes those guys better. I think Zaire. I think catching those lobs and just if he with, with Jai out there just running the floor. That's one thing that we know Zaire can do outside of anything. Just get just run the floor and catch those lobs. I, I think he'll definitely. But they didn't play them together. Jenkins didn't play them together last year. They hardly yeah. ever saw the floor together, which was the problem with Zaire. When he was on the floor, it wasn't with Jai. He didn't really see the floor with Jai until, you know, that year that Dylan was out a lot. So Zaire started. So you also get Marvin Smart back. Let's not forget that as well. I think see how that looks with, yeah. with the full starting lineup and yeah, the other guys that are, other guys that are getting minutes now are not going to be getting the same amount of minutes. They're going to be coming off the bench yeah, in right. better roles for them. So I just think I think they're going to be better. And that takes a lot of pressure off of Bain. You saw what he's doing when he's out there by himself. I mean, he's going to get even – better looks now with, with Jai out there and I think it helps Jared as well I think he's going to be better even though we haven't kind of seen a two-man game between them I just think John and attention that he that he's going to garner I think just help everybody I, I I don't think this is I don't think I don't have any designs that the team's going to win a championship or anything this year but you got Lou Will on, on the fan new TV talking about this a wrap is done like they're like three games out of <laughs> spot that was just silly that was just silly. Danny Green on there, something crazy, man. Michelle Beadle, like, what are y'all talking about? They're like three games out. What are you talking? They were like ten games out or something. Like, I'm like, man, go get out of here, man. Yeah, that's just silly talk. Yeah, I apologize. I'm a little bit tired. I I messed that up on the the ten day. Noel signed his second ten day on December fourth, so that puts him twelve fourteen. So it'll be five days between the end of his second ten day. And Morant coming back. Yeah, I saw those videos. Y'all looking good with the midi, man. He was just knocking all of them yeah. down. Knocking down three. I think him and Arabia were in the finals of the three-point contest at practice. So, he, his shot was <laughs> good. We'll see. 
But the Laredo needs to do that in the game. That's what people were saying on, on the video. Yeah, man. It's released too slow. It only Not works when nobody's guarding him. Yeah. <laughs> so he can knock down a, a wide open standalone three. Like if nobody's guarding him for sure. If nobody's within the radius of him, then yeah. <laughs> but even a threat of somebody coming, I think it's just I think Kyle Anderson gets a shot off faster, honestly. Man, his his shot, man. Speaking of Kyle Anderson, man, his shot is going off, broken all the way again. Like, yeah. Man, around, but he, he got full hits now. It's like a, a slingshot. Yeah, man. It's back to, you know, he had that that Think it was man, almost gone. It yeah, was almost it was. completely it was. gone. The, the year, well, I think he made like, uh, was it 230-something threes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the year the job was out for a while. It was at the twisting ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when job was out, he went off. It was like carrying the team. He was, he was awesome for three that year and then went right back in the tank after that. So, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about going back and forth with the shot. Like, uh, you can't blame Blake Earhart for that one. He no. said somebody, so I think that was always that shoulder or something that he said was – was was holding back, yeah. yeah that's what just, that's what was always said. His shot was not that first year, like, and then didn't knock him out anymore. Yeah, yeah apparently he had some procedure that helped for a while, and then it just didn't. That's that's what we were told by him. So, like I, I remember the first time I saw Anderson's jump shot. I used to hate watching Bill Cartwright shoot the ball. Growing up, yeah, like I just know, I, he just he just held the ball weird. I'm like, yeah. well, how does this dude get to the NBA holding his hands like that? That is not how you're taught. And then I saw Kyle Anderson. I'm like, oh, and that their their form is. I I'd have to go back and watch the video side by side. I don't think they're anything alike, but that's just kind of the feeling I got whenever I watched this shot. Right. So, I was gonna say the other shot I probably see is Michael Kidd Gilchrist like that. I don't know what that was. Go go check that out if you don't know what I'm talking about, man. Anybody, you want to see an ugly jump shot, go look up Michael K. Gilchrist, man. His weirdest thing I've ever seen is like a sidearm type shot. Like, I don't know how he ever made a jump shot shooting it like that. But, yeah, I know we've been all over the place tonight, man, but just, just have a good conversation. Yeah. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. Final score of this game again, 127-103. Grizzlies fall to 6-15 and on the season. Next game Sunday. Who they got Sunday? Monday. Isaac? Monday. Monday. Monday against the Mavs. Yeah. That's right. The Mavs. Yeah. 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 Monday against that. 12 11 against the Mavs. Can't wait. Let's go. Maybe we're talking about a win. We'll see. Um, I'd love it if something happened uh, over the weekend and we get like some sort of idea of, of what's going to happen with this team moving forward. But did, do you even remember, like, can you guys remember the last time we had a trade that was not right around the trade deadline? No, they're not. They're really no. I think I was listening to uh, Grits and Grinds. He was talking about really that you can count on your hands the amount of December trades that have gone down in the NBA history. Like, they're really not a thing. Yeah, most other teams, most other teams, because you don't have any leverage. Because yeah. you know, you know why? Because you don't know what a team is in December. Correct. Yeah. Like all these people rolling over on the Grizzlies, you don't know what they are. Oh, we need to rebuild. We need to retool. Danny Green, shut your ass up. Get away yeah, from the yeah, microphone. I'm like, man, you hate 
You take your 743-year-old busted-ass knees and just get away from the microphone, man. All right, we'll wrap it up. We appreciate you guys tuning in. The show is on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA Dwill21. You can find me at Candace H901. I have to take us home. Yeah, as David said, the Grizzlies will be back on the home floor Monday night against the Dallas Mavericks. Let's hope they can get a couple more, man. If, if they can get to eight, I, I think you feel pretty decent about where things are when, when, when John comes back. I still think this team can make it to the play-in. Like, I don't have a lot of doubts about that. Now, outside of that, I, I don't know. But the, this is a wrap. Like Lou Will saying, it's time to retool. I, I don't know about that. I mean, there, there, there are things that need to be made. But I think this this team, when, they, when they're healthy, this is a really, really solid playoff team. But – uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac double underscore NBA. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. We'll be back Monday night for a post game. Hopefully, we're talking about a big victory, second victory of the season over the Mavericks. Uh, it's going to be a lot, little bit tougher this time when we can bounce it back in the line. It's always been a tough matchup with the Grizzlies, but they can still win there. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Kohler Smart Toilets introduce a new standard of design and cleanliness, sculptural forms, intuitive technology, and total personalization with integrated warm water cleansing, heated seats, and warm air dryers. For peace of mind and convenience, there are touchless lids, seats, flush, and a self-sanitizing bidet wand. Now you can even use voice commands with Numi 2.0, featuring built-in Amazon Alexa. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.